All right, welcome back. You're listening to another episode of Walk-Ins Welcome, where it is our goal, desire, and dream to help you triple your revenue through digital marketing services and exceptional patient experience. Michael's with me. I'm Nick Horde, and we also have a guest with us today. Michael, who's with us today? Yeah, we got Patrick Campbell today. With, uh, he is the founder CEO of OpenVIA, but he's been in the healthcare world for a number of years, over 10 years, almost, I think, what, 15? And he has a ton of experience with getting investors involved. Uh, so today's episode, we're going to gear it completely around the idea of like, hey, I want to start an urgent care or a medical practice, but I need funding to make it happen, not necessarily the traditional bank way. So Patrick, glad you're here. Welcome to the podcast. Say hello to the walk-ins. Welcome audience and tell us one thing that people think is true about investors that isn't. Oh, thank, thanks for being here, guys. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, one thing people think is true about investors, but isn't. Um, you know, I think a lot of people come in and think that it's product first, right? Uh, it The product is the most important piece. And obviously, uh, product is a really important factor, but also uh, probably even bigger is, you know, showing the opportunity, showing the future, casting a vision and showing investors, hey, if you buy in now, uh, you know, maybe our product is where it is today. Maybe it's not not the greatest, but uh, we'll, we'll improve. And here's the opportunity that has, um, you know, set set forth in the future for for generating returns on your investment. Uh, and you know, a lot of a lot of founders, myself included, started with an idea around a product, and and you've, you've got to really take that product hat off uh, as a creator and as an entrepreneur. It's hard to to set aside what you're product is and separate that from the business. Uh, so it's really important uh, if you're going out and trying to pitch investors and get investment from, from outside sources of capital uh, to, to really refocus your conversations on you know the business that you're building and the vision that you're going after rather than the individual product that you're building to make that happen. Hmm. That was a loaded answer. I like it. <laughs> I like it, man. No, so, uh, go ahead. I, was like, question. I got one too. Well, I was going to say, well, I'm going to go, you have a question about the answer. So so I was going to say, so let our audience know a little bit about you in the sense of you've had these experiences. So if you can kind of give like a synopsis of some of the experiences you've had, because it's been ups and downs, right? Like not everything's, I got money and all worked and I made a bunch of money. So yeah, kind of walk through that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, as you mentioned, I, I spent a number of years in the healthcare world uh, prior to starting OpenVIA. And in fact, I had I had a B2B software company uh, servicing the, the healthcare industry uh, that I started in 2016 and ultimately sold in 20, uh, I started in 2013, sold in 2016, uh, but I didn't get rich out off of that. So I was starting probably in a very sim- similar place to a lot of folks uh, that, that maybe listening to your podcast are doing working for somebody else and, and have a dream and a vision to go out and, and tackle it. Um, you know, my initial vision and, and the initial product that we brought to market was a consumer focused product. Uh, it was a delivery tape safe concept called uh, the porch pod. And uh, the idea was you could put it on your, your front porch, your suburban single family home and all your, your packages, your grocery deliveries, all that stuff could go in the box. Um, you know, we, we got into a technology accelerator based upon that concept and that vision uh, called Techstars. It's one of the one of the more well-known uh, technology accelerator programs out there. Highly recommend it to, to any entrepreneurs that have a, uh, a technology bend to their business. Um, raised a little bit of uh, angel capital after that, uh, that time in Techstars. 
and then we went to market. And um, as I was telling you in the lead up to the, the start of this conversation, if things didn't go so well, um, you know, we found out pretty quickly that that we were serving a, a market that really needed a, a higher end product or an ultra low end product. Uh, and we were kind of somewhere in the middle uh, in no man's land. And, um, you know, what, what ended up happening is we had to retool and, and you know, really go back and boil down back to that initial idea and the concept of the problem that we could potentially solve with the, the tech we had built. Uh, and ultimately came up to what, what the product is today called Opedia. And it is a, a product that allows for uh, delivery company, service companies to be able to access, uh, access controlled properties. So primarily apartment buildings, but also uh, gated communities as well. Um, and, you know, that was a long, painful process. There was there was uh, several, several months there where uh, I wasn't able to take any any cash on, uh, you know, personally. And, and that's a really tough transition. And, you know, starting to talk to investors from basically cold starts, probably a, uh, the worst place you could possibly be. And that's kind of where I was. Uh, so, you know, it, it has been a lot of ups and downs. I, we, we certainly haven't crested the top of the hill and feel like we're in a position where we've We've accomplished everything we set out to, uh, but uh, but but we're in a lot better place than we were uh, this time last year, I guess. I, I love that how you you pivoted, right? Like you had something and you and you like we can make something better out of this. That's right. So, but no, that, that but to me, like there, you brought in investors. It didn't work the way you hoped you did. It, you wanted to. It affected you personally, and you had to make adjustments. And now you're on the other side of it, which is fantastic. Um, but. Yeah, I mean that, and I think how you said like it's the 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 cult like the start with investors with nothing is a very very difficult start process. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't. I would not recommend uh, for anybody <laughs> listening if you if you have an idea. Uh, and we can get into this a little bit uh, a little bit later in the episode, but uh, uh, starting from scratch is is a almost impossible place to start with. Uh, so you have to have some things together. Uh, you know, maybe you don't have your technology or, or your, your product fully built out yet, uh, but you have to you have to bring something to show uh, to the table uh, for people to start to you know wrap their heads around. Yeah, and this isn't like Shark Tank. A little different, right? <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think there are a lot of opportunities out there in the healthcare space. So, you know, we primarily deal in in retail health, right? These. These aren't going to be your appointment based things. These are more of, I need you today. I need you now. It could even be a vanity type thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and I hope that doesn't come across wrong. I'm talking about like teeth whitening or, you know, med spa type services, right? Sure. Um, Improvement of quality of life. That's right. And those are all retail health situations. And I think we're, it's so new um, that there's a lot of innovation that can still happen in that space. And as people come across these different opportunities, these different ideas that they have, they're going to need fun. Well, they may or may not need funding, to be honest with you. I, I don't know. And this is why we wanted to have you on is one, and I'll just start here and kind of leave it as like, what types of investments are there out there for people to go after? Like you had mentioned angel investors. Well, what else mm -hmm. is there? What is that? And then what else is there? Yeah. So this is, this is all born out of my experience. I'm right. By no means a necessarily an expert, but uh, but I'll, I'll bucket in kind of three categories. So uh, you have uh, you have classic venture capitalists, people who want to put in you know one dollar today and get get that back with a hundred of its friends uh, in five to seven years, right? So they're 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 investing in in what are now now the, the big names, right? So they 
Facebook and Google and uh, basically and the big companies that, that we're familiar with as a household name at some point have taken on venture capital. Um, and, you know, their motivations uh, by and large tend have traditionally been pure financial. Like, uh, like I said, I put in a dollar today and I get back a, it and a hundred of its friends in, in, uh, you know, five to seven years, if not a thousand of its friends. Um, you know, that has started to change over the past, uh, three or four years where, where, uh, a lot of investors are getting really specialized. They're going into niches. So they may, may have a real interest within the healthcare space or the health tech space, um, to, to do investments. And, you know, because they have taken money from what is called limited partners, people who've invested into their their pool of capital that they're now uh, managing and distributing, uh, there are people within that network who can be helpful or potentially just be customers for you as a as a startup. Um, so, you know, that's uh, that that's one big bucket. I think a lot of people go after venture capital as kind of the default, but but it's not the only way to build a business. You know, there's a couple of uh, two other buckets in my mind. Uh, there, there's kind of like more the private equity, and that tends to be a little bit more of an established business. Um, you know, though there are some folks that are operating on the, the earlier end of the private equity spectrum. Um, but by and large, those tend to need to be uh, going concern type businesses. So you're, you're already, you know, have a track record, you have some revenue, you have, uh, you have the model worked out, you just need more fuel, uh, or to bring in a partner uh, that knows how to scale things up. Uh, and they could be really helpful in that regard. And the last bucket, um, you know, is, is probably the, the most diverse bucket is, is angel investors. And we've taken ourselves a, a number of angels on board uh, through our, our several rounds of financing. You know, angel investors uh, tend to be high net worth individuals. Uh, you know, by law, they have to have a million dollar net worth uh, outside of their, their personal home. Uh, oh, there's income like an requirements. Requir yeah, the <laughs> I thought that was just a term. I didn't know it was like an actual like yeah. status. Yeah, you have to be an accredited investor. Obviously, talk to your attorney uh, before you you do this. But I think the uh, uh, the latest that I I'm familiar with was you have to have a million dollar net worth outside of your home, or you could qualify through income as well. I believe it was $200,000 as an individual or $300,000 as a, uh, as a couple. Uh, and that, that gets you in the, the accredited investor, uh, uh, category. Hmm. Um, so those, those guys tend to be, and girls tend to be people who are, you know, pretty far along in their career, or maybe have been successful business people in their own right. Um, in my experience, most of them are looking for a way to get back, right? They, they, they're not pulling up the ladder behind them once they're on the boat. Uh, they're looking for a way to, uh, to deploy a little capital and yeah, hopefully get, get a good return. And, but, but also at the same time, be really helpful and, you know, be able to make introductions within their network, uh, provide some, some expertise that they've built throughout their career, uh, that can be helpful to, to an entrepreneur. Um, you know, the, the challenge is finding these people because they, you know, by and large, most of them don't put on their LinkedIn profiles or uh, mm -hmm. social media. Oh, Hit you know, I'm up. an angel investor. Yeah, yeah. Me up. yeah. I got some money for you. <laughs> right. You know, and, and, and that's uh, that makes sense, because if they did, they probably would get inundated with opportunities that they weren't necessarily qualified or interested in um, at all. So, you know, have to do a bit of network. There's there's certainly uh, resources out there. Uh, angel list is a good resource to find angel investors. Um, you know, 
that's kind of where, where a lot of the congregate. And then there's also a lot of lists that, that are available online. I'd spend a lot of time on Twitter. Oh, on Twitter. Yeah. Things and things that angel list. I was like, Angie's list. Angels. list. No, 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 no. <laughs> you can bet there is uh, a niche specific angels uh, investors for the medical community. I could imagine oh, I, there's I a could, lot of doctors. Yeah, there absolutely is. Yeah, you for sure. I, I don't know of any of them off the top of my head, but I know that there are definitely uh, some groups in Nashville that are, that are uh, big uh, in, in that space. And if you're building, you know, whether it's a medical product or, uh, you know, you're, 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 you're taking a new take on clinics or you're uh, building an application or a piece of technology for, for healthcare, there's definitely angel investors out there who are interested in, in the healthcare and health tech spaces. So just to clarify, an angel investor gives money, no return. Is that uh, so angel investors uh, are by and large are, you know, investing for the hope of owning a percentage of the company at some point. I got uh, that may be um, that may be structured a couple of different ways. It could be uh, a dead instrument which is called a convertible note or, or a safe uh, agreement. Uh, you know, research those on your own. Um, and then uh, then there's preferred equity rounds, which is you know, more of a traditional venture capital type round. Uh, and basically, they, they, they want to have shares in the business. But by and large, at least my experience is the angel investors I've dealt with, most of them aren't investing out of the pure intent of getting a return on their capital. Mm-hmm. There, there's something else that, that, that they're excited about that causes them to invest in your business, whether it's they think they could be helpful for you. Uh, they think you're a good person, you're a friend, or you're you know within their network, and they they want to want to give someone they know a hand, uh, or um, you know their their experience is just uh, it's just such a great fit for what you're doing. You know they're they're interested in in helping you out in some way. Okay, that makes sense. And I mean, I, I can see angel investors in the, in like even the capacity of like wanting to see a company that's solving an issue that they had a personal experience with. And this could for be sure. Future. Yeah. Things like that. For well, sure. cool. Like, And I, I would say you may or may not agree, but I, I would think an angel investor is rare in, in most sense. Yeah. There, there are more of them out there than you think, but I guess the challenge is finding them. Uh, like I said, there it's a Running it's in. a bit of a network. <laughs> you uh, give me your money. Take a pit. I have a picture and say, right. please give me money. <laughs> yeah, and, you know there are in the background. <laughs> the, there are groups here locally within Birmingham and, and elsewhere. Uh, you know, basically any size town our size or larger uh, probably has an angel group, and you know they probably talk about what they do. Uh, so, you know, if you're, if you're in a particular geography, start from a geographic fit first, uh, well, they tend to be a little bit more excited about investing locally. And then, you know, beyond that, I would, 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 uh, to your point earlier, Nick, look for folks that have a, a, a fit from, um, you know, they have an interest in healthcare or interest in health tech. Um, and, you know, there are certainly angel groups that out there almost assuredly that, that, do a lot of investing in those sectors. As people are listening to this, they're getting excited at the idea of finding, you know, an angel investor, venture capitalist, even an SBA loan, right? Um, when is a good time for somebody to start getting them involved in their idea? When yeah, is the right not, time for that? Uh, when you have something to show them. 
Uh, and it could be rough. It could be early. Um, you know, well, are you, you talking have like to... a, business, a, a business plan? Or are you talking about a product? I mean, because I, I, I can write a whole bunch of stuff down on paper and show it to somebody. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I think you have to have something to show. So uh, a little bit beyond a business plan uh, typically is what they're going to want to see. Everybody wants to see some traction, right? right. Uh, everybody wants to see that you're, you're going you're, you're gonna to make something happen whether I'm involved or not. Uh, as an angel investor, I, right. I know you, Nick, you're, you're going to make this happen. You're going to run through walls. And uh, if I'm going to put a dollar in, I know you're going to stretch it for everything it's worth and, and hopefully bring back a big return. Then um, you know you're not poking it with a stick, right? Yeah. yeah. And well, it sounds like they're, they're investing into you. Well, it sounds to me like it sits right in between a business plan mm-hmm. and a finished product. So somewhere in between there is where you're going to start looking at. And, and basically all they're missing is the funding to make it happen. Correct. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. And, you know, the closer you can get to finished product without um, without investment dollars, the better off. And, and typically the more, uh, the higher valuation that you can get, you know, the, the, the less percentage of your company you may have to sell uh, to be able to, to get investment. Um, so, you know, the further along, the better is probably the best advice. Uh, but you know, you don't have to have a fully baked product or fully baked design or, or, you know, operational clinic, uh, in a lot of cases, but you need to have some more than a business plan. Uh, so to your point earlier, Nick, somewhere in between the, the written plan and, and, uh, fully produced product. So we have a listener and they're hearing everything that we're talking about right now. They have this great idea. It's fleshed out. They've they've built prototype or they've built website. They've built intent. Mm-hmm. They have an investor involved. What can they expect from that investor? Past the money, what's going to happen there? Explain that. Yeah, um, you know, you as the entrepreneur, you know, owe them a duty to keep them involved and keep them updated of of you know, what the latest of your business is. And this takes a lot of different forms. I mean, uh, I have a couple of angel investors I text with regularly and, you know, several times a week, if not, uh, if not more often. Um, so you, you've got to be hyper communicative to, to them. Um, and then, you know, the other things that you should expect from your investors is to open up their, their Rolodex. I know now we don't have Rolodexes, but open up their phone books or LinkedIn accounts and, and uh, to, be helpful in the form of introductions because, mm-hmm. you know, it's uh, you, you know, everybody has their own network that they're bringing to the table. You as an entrepreneur, I know I'm was earlier on in my career than, than all of my angel investors. And they were able to bring, you know, contacts from their experience to the table and to have, have conversations or potentially invest as well. Um, so, you know, expect to spend a lot of time, talking with and keeping your investors updated, but also at the same time, you know, ask for introductions to their network, to people who could be other investors, could be, uh, could be customers, could be distribution partnerships. If you're, if you're a technology partner, uh, you know, distribution partnerships can go a really long way. All right. I have one last question, Michael, and then you can chime in with whatever you have left. And that is what, what is the risk of taking on investors? Yeah, so um, I guess the, the biggest risk, uh, well, well, first off, uh, it, these deals typically are structured, uh, you know, you'll have a C corporation. So, uh, you know, the, the loans or the money invested in into the company typically uh, lives and dies with the company. So uh, you don't have 
typically personal liability. Um, so that's a great benefit uh, of that. But um, uh, sorry, I got a little sidetracked. Remind me the, uh, the question one more time. What are the risks that you take uh, yeah. by taking on a capitalist, like a venture or an angel investor? Like what risk to you, either personal or to the business, is going to come with that? Yeah, uh, you know, typically you're uh, you're taking on investment as a uh, on the business, uh, so typically you don't have any personal liability from a financial perspective. Uh, but you know, you when you take outside investment, you're you're basically filling up with jet fuel, and you've mm. you've got to be ready to go to deploy that uh, quickly. Uh, depending on what kind of investors, they may have different takes on how fast you deploy that capital over what period of time. Uh, if we're talking, you know, venture capitalists, they'll, they'll typically expect you to raise again in, you know, nine to 18 months from the from the, the most recent financing. So they expect that you're going to be, you know, basically half out of that money by the time uh, the year mark rolls around and you're going to be, you've used that money to get so much traction that you're going to be in a position to raise that, that next follow on tranche cap. Now, yeah. if we're talking, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, if we're talking to angel investors, you know, they may be a little bit more conservative. They may, may want you to, to, to uh, hold back the reins a bit more on your spend until, you know, you know, you have a replicable process. Uh, so, you know, it's a, it's a little different based upon, um, you know, the, the groups that you're, you're investing, taking investment from. Um, but uh, by and large, I think there's an advantage of taking venture capital versus, uh, you know, SBA or, or bank loan type uh, type products um, where typically there's no personal liability. So um, one thing you kind of touched on, but I would say the other part that people may not think about is even though you own the company per se, but you have venture capitalists that help fund it, you're there kind of your boss to a certain degree, right? Yeah. And there's that pressure there to perform. Sure. Uh, put oversight. Yeah, you're right. Which is like, that's the scariest thing to me. And I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. well, and, and that's not a good reason. And I do think that. it's funny because like most entrepreneurs, they're an entrepreneur because they don't want people to tell them what to they do. They don't want a boss. Yeah. Uh, and you, that's kind of the, the downside mm. to me. Like that's the downside where it, there's some awesome pluses, you know, funding network, it'll probably grow faster this route than doing it just yourself. Like there's a lot of pluses there, but exponential growth, I would say, arguably. Yeah. Easily. Assuming it's a good product and it all works. But, um, but like that constant pressure of, well, this was a bad month and you're having to answer to somebody as to why it was a bad month. Um, or, you're unable to perform because you got sick or whatever. Well, now what? Like you have to answer to somebody. Um, it, there's layers to it. But so I would almost say when you're looking at investors and stuff like that, you need to jive with them. Like you need to make sure, sure you, that's a good personality fit, honestly, because if, if they may be awesome in terms of network and providing the funds, but they're terrible to actually work with. You don't want that, I don't think. Yeah, uh, you could you could end up in some seriously bad situations where, uh, you know, maybe you, you've got a family and you have responsibilities outside of the business that, that you need to take care of. And yeah. uh, if you have an investor that it just wants you to hard charge work 90 hours, 100 hours a week, that may not be practical for your uh, for your life. So uh, you're you're spot on. I mean, it's incredibly important to get a good cultural fit yeah. uh, and a good personality fit with with your investors to make sure 
okay, here's, here's what I'm committing to do as an entrepreneur. Um, you know, I just want to make sure that, that you know, this aligns with what your expectations are as an investor uh, and, and have that conversation before you take the first dollar of uh, outside capital. Because you're right. I mean, when they become your investors, they uh, essentially become your bosses. And, um, you know, if you take a round of uh, venture capital, a lot of times you're, you're either establishing or adding them to your board of directors. Mm-hmm. They have the right to to hire and fire you, regardless of how much equity you actually hold in the business. Uh, you know, they have a legal uh, ability to, to oust you. And, um, you know, that's a pretty rare circumstance, but uh, but it's definitely scary. something you want hey, to be Steve cognizant Jobs, of. Yeah, yeah, Steve, Jobs. Say, yeah. Steve Jobs had that happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow, that's scary. I don't know about you, but this has been fascinating. It has. And it's our, never, and Patrick to your, uh, it's been 25 minutes of already talking, which is just that's how fast it gets. That's how fast it, it went. <laughs> so we're already kind of at the end of the episode. I, I, I think I could have more questions, uh, just stemming off what was been said so far. So Patrick, I have a feeling we'll have you back on at some point. Um, but yeah, that was, that was pretty good. I want you to leave everybody with kind of some parting, uh, advice. Somebody is listening. They think they want to, get their product off the ground. They've got it fleshed out. They want to get investors involved. Uh, I, I'm not going anywhere with this. Patrick, what is your advice to somebody who wants to get investors involved? Yeah. Uh, you know, reach out to your network. If you already know people who do do some side investing, start that conversation early. Uh, you may not necessarily be in the position where you're saying, Hey, uh, will you invest today? Uh, I think the, the, one of the, the, the things that I've heard early on that, that, rang so true in our fundraising process, particularly with the angels. If you ask for money, you get advice. But if you ask for advice, you get money. Um, That's so, pretty good. You know, That's pretty good. <laughs> I like bring, that. Let's, bring, let's name the episode that. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, if you bring your questions, say, hey, you know, I know you've got a lot of experience in this area. Uh, what do you think about this? Like, put, put some holes and, you know, make them your thought partner. Uh, and, you know, over, over a period of time, you build that relationship you know, they, uh, if you don't know them that well to begin with, you, you've kind of built the relationship and, you know, a couple of weeks or a couple of months down the line, once they've had the opportunity to kind of get to know you, say, hey, is this something you would be interested in investing in? Or, or you know, some of your friends, the people that you know in your network, is this something that they could get excited about? Yeah. If the answer is no, then take that back and refine it um, and, you know, recraft your pitch. Maybe there's a piece of the puzzle that, that they were uh, just didn't pick up on, but it's really, you know, it's some, some of this core to your business that you could talk about a little bit more uh, and, and helps you craft that narrative. And every one of the conversations you have, uh, you know, should help you improve the conversation with the next person. So by the time you've, you've talked to uh, 150, 200 investors, like I have, you've gotten a really tight and uh, succinct conversation. As you can tell, I, I like to kind of ramble on a bit. I get a feeling, Patrick, though, that you probably went with the spirit of how can I help you too? Yeah, for sure. For sure. And give off that vibe like, hey, I need these things from you and I'm picking your brain and I want to know what I can do better. And then I feel like that conversation would end with, is there anything that I can do for you? For sure. For sure. I I just believe that about you. And I think that would be a great thing that anybody who's going to be talking to investors, hey, don't forget, like they're a human too. Probably want to grow grow their own connections. They're not just a bank account. Yeah. Yeah. Even, even the bank needs a friendship. Yeah, exactly. And a blessing from time to time. So I just Mm -hmm. want to throw that out there for consideration too. I I think people do business with people they like, know, and trust. Mm -hmm. For sure. And and part of that is giving back. Yep. 
Yeah. Awesome. Well, Patrick, thank you again for coming on today's uh, podcast. Uh, this has been fantastic, super educational for me for sure. Absolutely. Uh, I hope our audience enjoyed that. Um, and then, of course, if you want to find Patrick, go to LinkedIn. Look up Patrick Campbell. He's out there. He's all over LinkedIn. If you want to check him out, if you want to reach out to him, reach out to us uh, if you guys have anything that you had some questions on. Uh, but please, uh, we always make the ask. Please go uh, rate our podcast. Give us some stars. Give us a review. Uh, that's super helpful to us, not just on Apple, but also Spotify and Google Podcasts. Anything like that is super helpful. But, Patrick, thank you again for coming on today. And got anything else, Nick? No, thank you for listening. Uh, you are the average of the people that you hang out. You've been hanging out with Michael. You've been hanging out with Nick. You've been hanging out with Patrick. There you uh, go. Rising Tide raises all ships. Y'all go out and crush it this week. All right, thank you, Patrick. Thanks, man. Thanks, guys.